0: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Oranato. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. In for Kevin Wheeler, I'm Chris Ranji tonight on Sports Open Line. Good to have you with us on this day in which baseball is returning. We're, We're getting ball. It's coming back. They have agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement, and the lockout is over and still a bit surprised by that. So we will take your calls and your texts. You've got the number, 314-436-7900. But right now, we bring in Bob Ramsey, longtime radio voice here in St. Louis. He is also the voice of the Slough Billikens, who had a 20-point win today over LaSalle in the A-10 tournament. And Rammer joins us now. Good evening, Bob. How you doing? Chris, how you doing? Good to talk to you. You too. I'm doing great. I mean, this is a really good sports day, and we're going to get yeah. to we'll get to the Bills in a in a moment and talk about the win, and then talk about uh, you know the Bonnies tomorrow. But so, did you expect this to happen? Did you expect a deal done after what happened over the last couple of days?
1: No, you know it's funny, and, and we rely, and I feel you know who I feel the worst for. We talk about the fans and the workers and all that, but all of our friends trying to cover the story and watching the doors to the complex who drives into the parking lot who leaves (laughs) who's got coffee yeah and and all of us got in the business to cover games you know and and it's just it's uh, i'm just glad this the nightmare is over and you know all of our people you and kevin wheeler and mike claiborne and everybody on baseball and KMOX and Stu Durando and Rick Hummel and Katie Wu and all the people that that cover baseball, they can get back to doing the job that they they intended to do from the minute they got into the business. And moreover than how that affects the fans, now you're going to start getting baseball news. And I'm just happy it's all over. But, no, to answer your question more directly, it's funny – I guess going back maybe a month ago, talking to people, what do you think if you had to pick a a day? And I said April 15th. So, um, and a lot of people thought that that was optimistic. And and maybe at the time it was. Turns out, though, that that we're going to beat that and they're going to find a way to get all the games in, which is um, uh, really just from the last 48 hours almost seems like a miracle.
0: So when you look at what was actually agreed to, and there's a there's a lot in the deal. Um, you know, I think yeah. the main thing was the tax threshold, and it starts at two thirty two hundred thirty million dollars for this year, goes up to two forty four. Do you feel like the this is a fair deal for both sides, or did one side come out ahead?
1: You know, I don't. I honestly don't look at it that way because the, the those kinds of numbers. You know, I've always believed that. You know you're worth what somebody will pay you, and if the two sides agree to it, you know then 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 that's okay. I think that um, the owners over the last couple of a uh, uh, couple of negotiations maybe got to claim a little bit of that back, and I think maybe the players are trying to get the you know get the arrow to point their way a little more because let's face it. During Marvin Miller's time and then behind him, Don Fear, um, they kicked the owner's butts almost every time and in negotiations. So the owners battled hard and kind of swung things back their way. So maybe it's kind of the pendulums coming back to the middle a little bit. And and if they agree to it, then that's okay with me. Um, As long as we can get the product on the field to make sense so that we can, we can bring fans back, and fans not just coming back, but are happy to be back and feel like they're getting their money's worth. That's the money I'm more concerned about. When it costs you 200 bucks to take your family to a game, um, you've got to get your money's worth.
0: Yeah, and, and Rammer, that's really leading into the next question because the on-field product will be a little bit different um, as far as rules go and, and hopefully as far as competition goes. There's going to be the six-team draft lottery, so you can't just tank for like 10 years and keep picking first, second, or third overall every year. Um, and there's also going to be the universal DH starting this year, a 12-team playoff starting this year for next year we could see the pitch clock increased base size banning of the shift and uh, maybe an automated strike zone down the line what do you think of of these rules changes that are going to happen for 22 and then maybe in the future
1: yeah for this year I'm fine um I had never been a fan of the DH I remember when there was no DH but you know in the end the only league at any level in the entire world that didn't have a DH was the national league. It was inevitable. So I get it. That's what everybody wants. Again, not my favorite, but that's, that's the way it is. And I'm not going to rail against it or anything. That's the way baseball is now. So I'm okay with it. Um, The, uh, some of the other rules that, that are kind of on hold, and will be readdressed. um, Most of them, um, I just don't see the data to support this will help like maybe there is some data that says these bigger bases are going to do something to improve the game, but I haven't seen it. I don't know if you have. And, uh, so some of the stuff seems really cosmetic and maybe shallow cosmetic. Um, the, the pitch clock, I get the idea. And if people don't really like the clock, you know, the beauty of the game is that there are no clocks. I get all that. But we got to keep hitters in the batter's box, and we've got to get pitchers stepping on the rubber and get the sign and throw it. And that's what we got to get to. However we can get the hitters to stay in and the pitchers to stay on, I'm for. Uh,
0: and I agree with you. I think the pitch clock keeps... More than anything, I think it keeps the umpires on task because they're they're already supposed to make it go quicker. They just don't. That's right yeah. They just they yeah, just kind of let right. it go. As long as there's a clock in front of their face, they they're going to have to you know adhere to it.
1: Yeah, and so you know if, if you just keep that moving, and I keep hearing you know uh, folks talk about you know I don't care how long it's I'm entertained. That's how I feel about a movie. I don't really try and judge a movie. Is it too long? Yep. Did I get bored? And sports is entertainment. Are you boring me? Okay. If you've got an unbelievable back-and-forth game that lasts three hours and 20 minutes, beautiful. But most of the time when you're looking at games that last that long, there's a boredom factor there because of the pace of the game. And I think we've got to keep focused on that.
0: Huge difference between pace of play and time of game, and I think they kind of got mixed up here over the last several years in that debate. Uh, Bob Ramsey joining us on KMOX, a big win for the Bills today, though. I mean, kind of figured, you know, uh, a 20-point win today. It's their 22nd win of the season. They pretty much need to win this tournament to get to the NCAA tournament.
1: You know, and I, I, I talked to Joe Lenardi well, yesterday and today. Now he's on his way to Connecticut to lock into the bunker they have up there to uh, work with bracketology as they get down to the wire this weekend. And I talked to Joe, and, and um, despite the fact that I'm a mid-major honk, and in particular one for the Atlantic 10, for, the, for really like only the second time in the last 20 years, it's probably going to be a one-bid league. Every team – including Davidson, maybe especially Davidson, every team still playing needs to figure they got to win the league. And, and I think that's the way it is. And I think many of the mid-majors you know, are that way, and um, you know, probably in particular the Atlantic 10 this year. So you better win the league. Second place won't be good enough.
0: Yeah, and and the Bodies are going to be tough tomorrow too. Um they they are a higher seed. What's your scouting report outlook for tomorrow? You got the broadcast tomorrow afternoon here on KMOX.
1: Yeah, they they're the defending tournament champs. They got a great coach, just a tremendous coach in Mark Schmidt, and he did a thing that I can't remember the last time I saw it. He's got five veteran players and they he plays he, that's all he plays. He plays his five guys. Now, does a sixth or seventh guy get in, but not for any kind of double-digit minutes. In fact, most of the ones that outside the top five that get in, two, three minutes, maybe. And it has worked for Schmidt and the Bonnies. and they'll be challenged when you're playing, you know, uh, for them, if they're going to win it, three games in three days. And can you push the pace against them and make them run and wear them down? i that might be folly. Maybe the key is play your game, um, attack the rim, even though they got the best shot blocker, one of the best in the country in Oshunayi. You still got it. You can't change your game because of that. Um, and and the thing that gets you, though, for the Bonneys is they're big and they defend so well. So can you make shots and score enough? Even if you play good defense, can you score enough to beat them? You can't turn the ball over, and for the Billikens generally, and specifically tomorrow, you've got to get to the free-throw line at a high frequency.
0: You know, I, like you, am a big mid-major guy. I'm a big Missouri Valley guy, having gone yeah. to Illinois State. I hate losing Loyola, but that is a, yep. huge addif- a huge addition to the conference. And, you know, you're talking about it being a one-bid team for the first time in a while, or one-bid league I mean, not yeah. when they come in you're you know uh, that dramatically increases the odds that that the a ten continues to be a multiple bid league,
1: and likewise with our friends at the valley with with uh, Belmont and Murray
0: oh Murray I State mean, coming in, yeah,
1: yeah, i mean, and so, and that's what the that's what the leagues have to do they've got to keep pace um uh, with the so-called big boys and then and then you can argue about the west coast conference which i love i'm one of those late night basketball guys and 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 the mountain west conference which they're desperately trying to get a fourth team in and you know i think you can debate because they've got big time what's the definition of that but they've got they've got football that's very competitive in that league and so where do they fit in and how many are they going to get i think it's a fun time and all these leagues need to hope that the borderline Big five, big, big six leagues. Their borderline teams don't get in. That they get knocked off early. That yeah. there aren't any bid stealers in the big conferences. That's their best. Their best hope, I think.
0: Yeah, and uh, this feels that way pretty much every year. Rammer, appreciate your time. <laughs> we're we're looking. To, look, I there was that one time the valley had I think four teams got in, and this was a while ago. And I thought this yeah. is the and and they they had four teams, and they could have had maybe five. And I thought this is unimaginable. Never would have thought of that when I was a student there at, at ISU. But
1: yeah, and you know the Atlantic Ten when the Billikens won in 2013, five teams got into the yeah. Team. It was, I mean, that's when it's really fun to oh. me. But there are the sports elitists out there. I guess I got to so, yeah, give I mean, them their due. Not, yeah, <laughs> we're not
0: we're we're not elitist, Bob. We're we're men of the people. That's exactly right. All right, good. Uh, Rammer, looking forward to the broadcast tomorrow. Good luck. Call a winner.
1: Looking forward to talking to everybody tomorrow, One fifteen, the,
0: the pregame, One thirty, a tip on Camel X. All right, that is Bob Ramsey, the Rammer, joining us here tonight. And what is a huge day? It's a, a big Billikens win day, but it's a big win for baseball fans. The lockout is over. An agreement was reached this afternoon. Can't believe it. After yesterday. Really? I'm not kidding you. I thought after yesterday. And the 3rd, 4th, 5th, however many deadlines there were, I thought that was it for a while. I thought we were really, just like Rammer, I thought we were hopeful to get to April 14th. Didn't think there was a shot that we would get to that. And here we are, an agreement has been reached. So, you, the Cardinals fan, uh, the season is opening at home. A 315 first pitch. It will be against the Pittsburgh Pirates April 7th, here at Bush Stadium. That is how the season is going to open for your Cardinals. Amazing. It's all done. Uh, 314, 436, 7,900. Oh, and by the way, 162 games are going to be played this season. Your thoughts on the end of the lockout, uh, what you're looking forward to now? Free agency is open, so teams can sign players right this second. If they want to, what do you think the Cardinals are going to do? That's the phone number. I'm Chris Ranji in for Kevin Wheeler on KMOX.